Gabby. Welcome to the Happier Life Project. I hope you are doing okay today. Now, this episode may be a little left of field for some of you listening, but I want you to approach this with curiosity and an open mind as we delve into the world of therapeutic tarot. Before we go any further, I want to stress the Happier Life Project is brought to you by mental health and wellness app, My Possible Self, in partnership with the Priory Healthcare. And it's super important you hear this. Therapeutic tarot is by no means a substitute for medication or working with a professional therapist or counsellor. For the purpose of this episode, we are exploring how working with the tarot cards can be used as a way to support and complement therapy and therapeutic practices and why it can be such a cathartic and healing process. My guest today is an author, healer, psychic and tutor at Tarot Therapy Limited who offers tarot and psychic readings working from a healing, personal and spiritual development perspective. His name is Steve Hounsome. He's not a fortune teller, and as you're about to hear, dispels a lot of the myths and scepticism surrounding the use of tarot. But Steve does believe we can all develop our own psychic and intuitive abilities, and when using the cards in a safe, objective way, he feels it can help us navigate in our responses to certain situations, circumstances, and challenges we might be facing. Steve explains how tarot cards can hold up a mirror to help us better understand ourselves. He also talks about why it has helped him personally in processing the loss of a recent loved one and how therapeutic tarot turns self-care into soul care. Ready to find a healthier, happier you? Let's get started. Steve Handsome, welcome to the Happier Life Project. Thank you very much. Good to be here. This is, um, for me personally, I'm really excited about this conversation because it's an area that I am so intrigued by. Uh, we're talking about all things therapeutic tarot. But before yep. we get into that, you are an author, a healer, a psychic and tutor at Tarot Therapy Limited. Yeah. Tell us a bit more about that because that's a, a, an unusual skill set. Yeah, well, they all sort of blend together under the one umbrella. But when I set the website up and everything, I felt like I needed to sort of qualify it somehow. Mm. But the focus of everything is is my tarot work. Um, I've I've been lucky enough to be able to write books on tarot. Something I I always wanted to write a book, proof that you know you set your mind to do something, you can achieve it, and all, all of that. Yeah, and now you've but written now nine. I have nine of them, in fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is great. Uh, four or five are on tarot, and then meditation, and, and so on. And it's all just evolved over the years, really. But tarot was my first love in this whole big field, you know. Mm. Um, and it still is, you know. And it's just evolved. I've evolved, I suppose, from being your typical tarot reader, you know, through to tarot therapy as I call it mm. um, so it, it's the evolution of the way I work but along the mm. lines I've studied and qualified in lots of 
you know, related subjects, and I'm qualified in different healing disciplines. So I I teach tarot and various other subjects. So it's all those four titles: mm-hmm. the author, healer, psychic tutor. Mm-hmm. It's hopefully a description of of all that I do. I always say the analogy I make is that tarot is the sort of spine around which everything operates. So oh, nice... okay. Yeah. So I mean, I'm ripping this off something. I don't know if it's on your website or LinkedIn, but something you said was you work from a healing and personal spiritual development perspective rather than fortune telling absolutely yeah well this is the big difference between you know tarot as a therapy or therapeutic tarot than what everybody's perception of tarot still is Mm. really for the most part i'm not anti fortune telling or divination or whatever but i don't really see a value in it for the the client so you you don't have a crystal ball (laughs) that you like i mean i I do have a crystal ball but you know (laughs) the the mists don't clear and i don't see anything. you can see stuff kind of more clairvoyantly or intuitively intuitively in your head but that's a natural ability we all have in my view you know just the same as some people are more talented musically or in sport or whatever cooking or whatever it might be yeah um, the intuitive stroke psychic faculty is an, is something that everybody can develop our sixth sense if well, you like. that was going to be my next question when did you discover you had the gift or is that something that we see in the movies <laughs> yeah I think so I you know it, it's a gift that every person that's ever lived has got so I've got it the person Absolutely. listening right now has got it Exactly. Yeah. We all have an intuitive faculty, a sixth sense, you know, and when you start talking to most people about this, they can usually pinpoint something in their life where they sort of said, well, I was about to cross this road, but something stopped me. And the next Mm. second this car came by, you know, there's loads of that kind of thing. We have an inbuilt natural ability to sense stuff, Mm. you know, and a lot of that just comes from uh, the natural way we're wired but we've separated ourselves from that by separating ourselves from the natural world so much. How do we like saying, so, yeah, because you're right, like you, you, you've, there's a sort of, I'm thinking of a small creepy looking alleyway and it's late at night and you just kind of get that yeah. feeling, don't you, that it wouldn't be the best idea to walk down it. But where is that feeling coming from? Is it common sense or is it something that we can't see, can see that there's danger ahead? Um, yes. <laughs> both, <laughs> both right, of the it. above. I mean, it's common sense not it's, to walk it, down. Uh, an yeah, that's probably yeah. not the best example. But well, like, I would say that the intuitive instinct, if you like, mm. is the first response we have to it. Oh, well, that doesn't feel right. And common sense tells you, well, don't do it then. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. What about if it's like <laughs> so, you, you know your phone buzzes and it's like you know who it is before you read the text absolutely. message or you answer the call. So that's some kind of telepathic intuition that we're like oh this person's calling me yeah again it's it's a natural part of the human condition for me you know and it's just how we are wired it's it's one of our natural senses and one of the great things for me about tarot is that it feeds into that through Mm. the power of symbolism which we can explain a bit more yeah yeah so i mean coming back to your question of when did I discover this it was in my teens you know I was just naturally drawn to tarot I had no idea why I just was 
it doesn't run in the family or anything like that it's not like a passed no, on through I mean, the it, generations no it's sadly not no i'd love to say well my grandfather well, you know yeah but it, it's uh not true at all no um I mean, none, none of my family knew <laughs> right. My dad just didn't believe in it. You know, he, he would just take the mickey, but then that was him. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people <laughs> but, like that. So how do you react with, when you must get met with scepticism? You know, like you, you say, when yeah. people say, oh, what do you do <laughs> for a yeah. living? Well, you know, you know it's, it's fine. Everybody's got their view and it's absolutely fine. It's, it's not going to be everybody's thing, just the same as, mm. say, if you're in this case, you know, needing some help. Um, with your mental health counselling isn't going to be everybody's thing yeah um you know or medication or whatever it might be so it, it's fine you know but you get a lot of skepticism but a lot of assumptions that it only predicts the future right you know? and well I, like i'm saying i don't see the point of that because with the way i work and with everything i've learned we create our own futures. I saw a quote actually from a, a tarot colleague the other day in an email that was quoting Abraham Lincoln. It was a quote I'd never heard before, but it said the best, he said apparently, the best way to predict the future is to create it in the present. And I thought, perfect. So you are <laughs> a fan of the, the secret then or the work of Abraham? I am, yeah. I, I like that principle. It's a bit um overtly americanized <laughs> really with respect and yes. all of that but the principles are sound yes just before we get into the the dive further into like therapeutic tarot and just a little bit more mm. about understanding how that works um what you were saying before about intuition and that sixth sense if you will that everybody has it so can we all work on that too can we all because you know Absolutely. and and actually i think of um how far we've come in terms of mindfulness and meditation even within yeah. the, um, the pandemic i actually think a lot of people turned to it for the first time because well, yeah mm. so many of us yeah. were struggling i mean i've been practicing it for so long now it's it's the norm you mm. know for me it, it's it's a habit and that's the idea really with is a, is a regular habitual practice so yeah so um, much in the same way as mindfulness and meditation our intuition and psychic abilities is something we can work on and practice and and develop absolutely there's lots of exercises you do and pre-pandemic my wife and i used to have groups here geared towards all of that where we'd set various exercises and you know that can be great fun you can have a real good laugh but we'd always start with a meditation so that you shift from one hemisphere of the brain to the other from Mm. the uh, left to the right interesting Um, the left hemisphere of the brain governs the more logical everyday stuff the part that tells you not to walk down the alley you know Mm. and then the right hemisphere of the brain is the instinctive part the intuitive or the psychic that just senses and knows it Mm. just knows it's not a good idea to go down that alley so the meditative process creates synapses between the two which means your brain will slow down and you switch from the left to the right hemisphere of the brain gosh that's all a bit technical isn't it wow it's fascinating, yeah. though. The brain is just such a marvel, isn't it? That could be a whole other yeah. episode. But so what's, <laughs> what exactly is therapeutic tarot? I mean, we want to stress, because we are a mental health app, that, yes. you know, this isn't a magic fix or to replace traditional medicine or therapy Absolutely or anything not. like that. But it can yeah. be a way to support your wellness journey and it can provide yes. 
comfort, um, reassurance. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it does that, um, has done it for me for many years, and it's still doing it. Um, mm. You know, at the moment, it's helping me on that level with a process of, of grief. Um, it's something I experienced, actually, sadly, the death of my daughter um, yeah. early on this year. And I turned to the tarot just to sort of help my well the grief process but my state of mind yeah. and um, it's been a huge help that way so it, it isn't a, a therapy in inverted commas in the way that sort of um, aromatherapy or acupuncture or something it's not something yeah. I've invented I'm really not that clever <laughs> it's a method of working with the tarot that can do that yeah so yeah to sort of summarize it I suppose the difference between the therapeutic approach and the fortune telling future prediction approach is that I work with the cards in well I often start lectures by saying you know I've worked with the tarot for 40 years I've studied it done this done that and my conclusion is it doesn't mean anything (laughs) (laughs) end of podcast thank you well yeah people listening (laughs) you know well hopefully nobody's switched off but um Uh, you know because everybody that's everyone's perception you hold up a card and you say well what does that card mean you know, it doesn't mean anything. It, what do you think? What do you see when you look at it? What's your instinctive, intuitive response to it? There's a lot more to it than that. I remember right? you saying it. to me when we did our session that it's the the cards are like a mirror reflecting yes, back absolutely. at you. Yeah. Well, I work with them as, as an energy, really. So at this point it's probably good if i just mm. briefly and hopefully basically <laughs> which mm. i'm not going to do but hopefully basically explain the structure of the tarot mm-hmm. which shows you why and how it could work that, that would be like. amazing just before you do though because i had an aha moment when i was prepping for our call now you yeah. t- you said each card um has their own energy um, you yeah. said about numbers as well, but in terms of like, because I've always wondered, like, if you're picking a card or if you're picking on my behalf because we did it via Zoom, that to me makes sense because I'm like, ah, well, if every card has its own energy, then like the mm. cards that you're drawn to, it's because of the energy of that card that that's the message that you're supposed to receive. And that's it why is. I've never figured out, oh, well, how does just selecting cards? Yeah, exactly. But, but when you think of it that way then it yep. makes all the sense. So please continue. <laughs> yeah, it's basically the same basis that really is as muscle testing. Um, I can't yeah. remember there's a, a word for the therapy, but you know where you can hold your an arm out and tell somebody to think of something that's powerful and affirmative and so on, and there are, you can't press their arm down, you know. Then if they, you program the mind with something negative, their, their muscle becomes weak and you can move their arm down with one finger. Mm. It's that same instinctive response that, that allows us to get the right cards, basically, yeah. Wow. Okay. So in okay. terms of the cards, you can articulate this better than me, so yeah, I'm not even going to attempt. <laughs> okay. So a standard tarot deck, and they do vary enormously, it has 78 cards. Okay, um, Those are divided into two inverted commas halves, mm. the major and the minor arcana, mm-hmm. A-R-C-A-N-A, arcana, which is just a word really that means hidden or secret. So major and minor, it's like a big and a little secret. Okay. Mm. 
Yeah, I'm just looking at notes here that I thought was interesting. The major arcana cards represent the life lessons, karmic influences and the big archetypal themes that are influencing your life and soul's journey to enlightenment. Yes, the whole self. The minor is more the day-to-day -day stuff, right? Well, it is in in traditional way. If I explain the energetic view and how i work with them so let's if we go to the minor arcana mm -hmm. so in the minor arcana this is where you get playing cards from so you have four suits mm -hmm. and i go under different names but the most common names for the suits are pentacles cups swords and wands okay mm -hmm. based on the four elements the earth water air and fire in that order mm -hmm. and i work with them as the cards from each suit relating to the, the physical, the emotional, the mental and the spiritual parts of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So Pentacles cards, when they come out, will show us about physical stuff. In other words, anything tangible. Mm -hmm. You know, as a, a book I read said, if you can see it or point to it or touch it, it's Pentacles. So that can be our physical health, not that you can diagnose or anything mm -hmm. like that, but it can show you, um, you know, the various physical needs and so on. But what you're doing in your everyday life, cups, the element of water, shows us what's going on um, emotionally for you. Then swords, the mind, what's going on mentally, the influence is there. And then wands, element of fire, spiritually, which is the spirit within, the fire within. So the motivation, the ambition, the drive, creativity, mm. inspiration, all that stuff. Mm. So four, four suits in the minor arcana are the four levels or the four parts of a human being. Mm -hmm. Okay, If you combine those four parts together, then you get the whole person. And that's the major arcana for me. So they're what I call the soul level. Mm. So as distinct from the spirit, it's the soul, the whole person. So the major arcana cards, 22. And this is where you start with the fall and then it's magician, high priestess and so forth. Death of the devil are in there, what everybody knows about. And um, those for me represent, they may be life lessons, as you said, but stuff that affects you holistically you know it's it's the whole greater than the sum of the past it's, it's the stuff that affects your whole being right so somebody comes to you for a therapeutic tarot reading and yeah. you say to them select a number of cards you don't give them a a set amount or you no. will select on their behalf if they give you a number and we do it via zoom like we did last week yeah yeah because obviously that's how it's gone but the great advantage is that as i can read for people all over the world which is yeah lovely, absolutely know, they've got to come here well even um, if you're in the same country you know it's like if you're not within oh, yeah. an hour or so's trip absolutely. then yeah yeah and then so another thing which I, I already know the answer to but many listening would be like well how could you pick up on energy over a zoom Mm. Well, you can, as long as you've got something of the person. I mean, I've done hundreds of, of readings over the years just by telephone, and you could focus on the person's voice and pick vibrations, as they used to be called up. That way, here, like we are now, I can see you on the screen, yeah. so I can tune into you that way. But it's mostly, you know, uh, being attuned to that process and then focusing on the client and your needs as well as the skills of active listening to what you're saying mm. which as you know sometimes I reflect back mm -hmm. um, just the same as a counsellor I always suggest 
um, tarot therapists in training do at least basic counselling skills courses as well as the tarot training I do. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's a combination of that and working with the cards, obviously. Mm. Um, the, you know, with not having a layout or a spread, as they're called, you know, you said to me, you know, you just get the client to pick some cards. Traditionally in tarot, you have spreads, as they're called, so a pattern that you put the cards into and a card in each place in that pattern or spread represents a different part. So it might be your, you know, nearest and dearest to you or the near future or the distant future, your hopes, all that stuff. Mm. Um, I don't do any of that because it restricts what I may want to say. So I include all the aspects um, that I'm picking up from a card, right? regardless of where it is. And then it, it's putting, you know, the client as the central focus of it. Really. Mm. And you, you prefer, you don't want to be sort of... Um you know like tested too much in terms of like um you appreciate it when if there's a reason that a client's come to you because they want yeah. some guidance on something or they're confused about something or whatever it is you prefer them to be open with that because then it helps you interpret what the cards message is in relation to their yeah. question as opposed well, to yeah. just sort of like once you have the cards looking at them and being like mm, this is this is where we're at interpret as yeah. you will as applicable to your story kind of thing yeah i mean it's it, i always place an emphasis you know and say to people that this is a two-way process this is not me talking at you um i may ask you questions um you know but you're free to interrupt but in question agree disagree feed me you know we go off at tangents it's mm. never a set process mm. every reading is different because every person is different you know mm. but it, it generally works better when people will explain to me their situation you know I often make the analogy it's you know if you just turn up for a reading it's a bit like walking into a baker's and saying I'd like a loaf of bread please you know and they're <laughs> going to say well do you want wholemeal do you want sliced do you want this they just want a loaf of bread please yeah. you know and so it's like well you tell me what you want then we can get stuck in mm. um so it's it's not about me telling you what to do or making your decisions for you um the way i always phrase it is that it's helping you to help yourself mm. how did the cards help you in terms of you're still going through grief right now yeah. like doing a reading for yourself what comfort did you get from that that you were comfortable with sharing? Well, huge amounts of, of ongoing comfort, you know. Oh, wow. But it wasn't really reading for myself. I'm not a particular, um, particularly in support of, of that because it'd be like trying to counsel yourself in some ways. Mm. Not mm -hmm. that, you know, working with a tarot is just counselling by any means, but um, you, you need to be able to be objective you know, when you're working with a tariff yourself. So it's not reading in the way that I did for you or will do for clients. What I did, um, I mean, I fairly habitually work with tarot for myself anyway, but after uh, Laura died, my daughter, which was very, very sudden, she was just 33, so obviously it wasn't expected or anything. Mm. So massive amounts of shock. And... At some stage, once that had sort of, you know, worn down and you begin to sort of 
you know, orient yourself into a day again. It was just natural for me, I suppose. But I wanted to know, OK, so what's Tarot going to show me here? What, what do I need to know for myself to deal with it? So I would have a routine that I do in terms of selecting a card, you know, do some calming breath work and, and a bit of sort of, you know, light meditation and then mentally focus on what question I had, you know, what it, which might be how do I cope with this pain or this sorrow today you know or what, what do I how can I respond to this or whatever it might be and I would just fan the cards out and pick one you know very often one card will present itself it just sticks out a bit more or I just glance and again I just know mm. so I would pick that card and then I find it easier and quicker to type so I would type my immediate responses on that um, and then I keep the card in a little uh, perspex frame on my desk. It's only in a frame so that it doesn't get damaged. You know, I'm right. coffee everywhere or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then just keep it's there. I can keep looking at it. I have the Seven of Swords on my desk at the moment, which is still has been feeding me for the last few days. And I've I need to go back to my little um, journal and add some more thoughts on that because mm. they occurred earlier on while I was out running this morning yeah and that's an ongoing process so huge amounts of help on every level because that's what the tarot deck does and then is there any instances um, that you can think of working with a client where do you see a visible shift in a person's you know when they first sit down with you for a session and you can tell they're troubled I mean, we all suffer from our mental health. It's not like, you know, there's, I, I just, yeah. I think we're, we're starting to understand now. It's not, I have a mental health illness versus uh, I'm a regular person. Mm. It's like we all Absolutely. have struggles with our mental health, some worse we're than others. But at different stages. Yeah. yeah, yeah, quite. So can you think of, of instances where somebody sat down with you, mm. the cards show what they're going to show, and then you see that shift in that person? Like, do they sort of look more relaxed um, or well, relieved? Yes. Or... I mean, loads. Obviously, the, I suppose the best response to that is ask the clients. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I there was a client I had last week who I remember at the end of it, she was seeing, saying, I feel so much lighter. Mm. Oh, that to me is a good, you know, in herself, again, her energy had, had shifted um, because there'd been a certain amount of things that were sort of vague for her. I'd been able to give some confirmation or validation to. Right. As, excuse me, as well as some stuff she can go away and work on, the self-help, the homework. And so she could see more of a way forward of, of achieving the things she was wanting to achieve. Mm. And then I'm glad to say clients do come back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then it can be an ongoing process. But that's one of the things I wanted to get across, that it, it doesn't have to always be, you know, paying money to go see a, a tarot reader like myself. You could do a decent amount on your own. You don't have to have studied tarot and know what they mean they don't mean anything you know you can look mm. up in a book if you like but just look at a card yeah and go with what comes into your head or what feelings it, it produces in you what you notice so that yourself responds to it is there a danger though that we can see or convince ourselves that we're seeing something that we really desperately want to see is there yeah. that danger that i'm going to try and see things that I'm going to try and interpret it the way I want it to be, and therefore then I could get to... it that way, yeah. You know. Well, there can be, yes. Um, 
I mean, the only you need a certain amount of objectivity. Yeah. Mm. Um, but the best response to that, I would say, is be honest, <laughs> because, you know, when you are really honest about what you're seeing in a card you, and somewhere, you know, in your conscience, somewhere in your being, you're telling yourself what you want to know. You know? Mm. But if you're unsure about that, ask somebody else, what do you see in this? <laughs> you know, um, you couldn't look up the meaning of the card. You can do that on the internet or just by yourself. Yeah. You know, I mean, a decent book again, could they just want to be nice, though? Is that there's the danger of they want to like. Be... There is always that. Yeah. There is always. Again, ask them to be honest. Don't ask them to be nice to you. Yeah. The, that's the one thing about the tarot. I, you know, after 40 years, I can attest to without any shadow of a doubt is that it will always tell you the truth you know mm. i do try and sort of tell it like it is it's not about dressing it up in spiritual platitudes and esoteric wisdom and all of that it can have that if you want it to but mm. it does tell it like it is and that's what, what i will always try and do in our session um we, we mentioned about the doubting thomas the human self is what you called it which is yeah. I'm, I'm i'm going down uh, the lines of like negative thoughts which we all suffer from and again through the lens mm. of mental health you had some advice about how to deal with those thoughts and negative assumptions when when they came in into. Uh, do you remember what you said? No, but I'll <laughs> give you a response and hopefully it might. Okay, cool, well, cool. It's, it's, it's an intuitive process when I'm working. Yeah. So they're not really responses and stuff that I give people when I'm working with them in a reading that I sit and think logically about. It's an mm. intuitive flow. So once I've said it, it's gone. Right. For a bit more context for our listeners, I basically was saying to Steve that I, like many of us, suffer from these sort of limiting self-beliefs and negative thoughts. And I I think I articulated it as sometimes I feel like my mind is picking on me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, and and these thoughts are coming in. So I'm trying to manifest the the happy outcome or the outcome that I want. But then I'm mm. getting this voice that's like, that's not going to happen. You're not good enough mm. for that. And and I'm bringing this up again because I know it will resonate with a lot of people. Absolutely. So what well, do you I have think, to say? You know, generally speaking, we can be our own worst enemies, can't we, that way? And our minds are always sort of doing that mindset. It does. I think one of the things that I learned, this may be totally different to what I said before, I don't know, but it's what's coming to me now. But one of the things that I worked really hard on is learning to love myself and accept myself just as I am. I mean, I didn't crack that until my mid-40s, really. I'm now in my mid to late 50s. Mm. Um, And it was only really at that point where I began to not worry or bother responding to those sort of thoughts. But it doesn't stop the thoughts. Mm. You know, now they just occur and I just accept them and let them go. So it's not, it's recognising them really, just thinking, oh, okay, that's, I'd say, my human self, my little mind, mm. just saying this. Instinctively, in a deeper part of me, I know the truth, and it's fine. I think you compared them to, like, clouds coming in, you know, some of them are grey and some of them are white and some of them oh, are bigger and some of them are small. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you know, they move and they, they, they ebb and they flow and they come and they go. 
That's what yeah. I, that was my interpretation of what you said anyway. That's it's a brilliant idea. A lot of people use the analogy of the uh, of a calm water, you know, or choppy sea. So the the disruptive thoughts, if we call them that, the interfering thoughts, whatever, uh, make waves. Mm. And we can visualize a pool of water that's like that, and we can gradually calm it with our mind. Or we can do the same thing, you know, using the analogy then of clouds in the sky. Mm. So, you know, and the ones that repeat can maybe make a deeper, darker, heavier cloud, mm. you know, because they're just accumulating like the water makes the deeper, darker, heavier cloud. And then when there might be lighter, fluffier ones, but we can imagine them just being blown away with the wind. We get a clear blue sky, like the sky's everywhere today, which is lovely. Yeah. And that's a peaceful mind. We all get that lift when the sun comes out, you know, and it's clear skies. So Bringing it full circle, therapeutic tarot, much like mindfulness yeah. and meditation can help with that clear sky because it's sort of processing those clouds, I suppose. Yeah, because it can be a way, a simple and immediate when it's needed, way of giving you some objectivity. This is the thing, like I said, tarot will always tell you the truth. And between all 78 cards in the deck, they know you better than you know yourself. So by selecting a card, it's like having a friend who, as I say, knows you better than you know yourself, Mm. give you a little bit of truth of Mm. what's going on. Mm. And in order to access that, you know, it's not good necessarily to do when you're in an emotional um, upset time or whatever. So you can just take a few breaths just to calm the waves a little or clear the sky a little. Yeah. Pick a card, let yourself respond to it. And just by looking at the image on it mm. and, and see what is going on. Like I said to you when I, I first connected, I'd never even heard of the term tarot therapy or therapeutic tarot until literally a few weeks ago but then as Mm. somebody that does like once or twice a year to get a reading and does find the comfort and the reassurance in it I was like well that to me makes sense but I think this needs to be explored more because much like mindfulness and meditation was snubbed even five years ago by many if you weren't like a I'm going to air quote yogi type yeah you know whereas now it's like it's it's pretty trendy actually isn't it absolutely you can get pop yoga you know yeah you can yeah puppy yoga even I've seen and and yeah yeah definitely so as we're sort of wrapping things up therapy also called psychotherapy or counseling is the process of meeting with a therapist to resolve problematic behaviors beliefs feelings relationship issues and or somatic responses that's like sensations in the body all of which tarot can cover because of that construction that's where i was going with it we know there's different types of therapy and tarot therapy to wrap things up is something that you know i wouldn't have necessarily gravitated towards in terms of like if i am feeling a bit down or a bit anxious or whatever and i also Mm. think uh, there's probably this is the first time I think quite a few people listening, especially app users, would have necessarily thought about tarot in this context. Mm. Do you think it's more because it's not clinically recognised? Is that why when we're talking oh, about yes. mental health? I mean, I think, yeah, I think we're probably a long way from it getting clinically yeah, recognised. No, no, but holistically, you know. Yes. But I mean, I say that, but then, you know, when I was younger, aromatherapy 
was nowhere near like it was right and now it can be used in hospitals the same as reiki and and some other healing modalities Mm. you know so things can shift pretty quickly i mean there could be a lot more to it than than just the brief bit really we've discussed but it doesn't have to be esoteric and spiritual it can be if you want it to be but ultimately they're just 78 bits of sort of laminated card Mm. what it's what's on them that matters and how we relate to that and it's just for me because the structure of a tarot deck is the same structure of a human being Mm. they're a perfect model for us to help us help ourselves again coming Mm. back to that and just if anybody listening wants to dip their toe in into this or explore it a bit more i'm gonna plug your website which is tarotherapy.co.uk so that's if they want to reach you directly and i have to say and i'm you know steve's not told me to say this or anything like in terms of like your costs you make it affordable which i really really liked and appreciated for everyone where i've seen you know when it's psychic readings tarot card readings Mm. angel card readings it can get double the cost of it would to have a a a counsel a regular counseling session absolutely it's pricey stuff yeah Yeah. i mean i do get people saying well you you know you should be charging more you've been doing this 40 years and all of that but i think to myself well would i pay that well no (laughs) i wouldn't you know would i pay what i charge yeah yeah i mean well you you're kind of ruling out a a certain group of people aren't you when you make it for the the costs of what i have seen but then i think now i've now i've worked with you and i definitely would like to work with you again like i know i know that you Mm. are extremely skilled and gifted in what you do but i think also it's like there's that kind of thing of like oh they're expensive they must be good and actually i've spent a lot of money and had terrible readings as well so if they're not finding you how would you go about finding somebody that is the real mccoy because especially when it comes to mental health we've got to be so careful well in terms of of tarot um i mean i i've uh, trained a number of well lots of of readers over the years some of whom are working professionally now and who are very good but generally ask them how they work Mm. you know I would say in terms of tarot, this is kind of quite different. When I've done talks to more sort of spiritual groups and so on, and there's been professional tarot readers in the audience, I've, I've had people come up to me, oh, yeah, I've never thought of it that way, but actually, you know, it makes a lot of sense. I'm going to work like that, you know, and do all this. So it's still, you know, the majority will still be going into it for future prediction stuff, but explain to them what you want and can they honestly do that? Do a little bit of research, question, you know, there's thousands of readers out there. Well, Check that's them the, out, ask yeah. questions. Yeah, nice. Well, on that note, Steve, thank you so much. Pleasure, pleasure. It's been, you know, <laughs> so fascinating to talk to you and, and just kind of look at our well-being from that more spiritual side and, yeah, mm-hmm. using the tarot as a as a yeah. form of therapy. I mean, I'm very conscious that, you know, from my point of view, we've only covered a snippet really but if if people have questions when they've been listening you know if it's well what uh, how do i do this with the tarot or can you advise me what deck that kind of thing then sure you can email email me i'll do my best to, to help if i can yeah brilliant uh yeah again steve thank you pleasure to see you Gabby. bye 
Thank you for making it to the end of this episode of the Happy Alive Project with me, Gabby Sanderson. And thank you to Steve Hansen for a very enlightening conversation about therapeutic tarot. I want to again repeat what I said at the start of this episode, that it is not a substitute for medication or working with a professional therapist or counsellor. And if you are suffering with your mental health, there is a crisis button on the My Possible Self app, which will signpost you to the correct information for immediate expert advice. Those of you who are listening on one of our podcast platforms, the My Possible Self app is completely free to download, so you don't need to worry about it costing you anything. If you found this episode helpful, make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. And to find and follow us on social media, we are at My Possible Self on Instagram and Twitter. And I've been at Radio Gabby. So do take care and I'll see you on the next one. <laughs>